Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Reinhold Lackner. Hey, Reinhold, how are you? Fine. Thank you. And you? I'm very well. Now, Reinhold is someone that is truly building the future. Um, he operates, as I would say, an emerging or accelerated growth chief financial officer, working with really some of the most exciting companies like LimeWire, Invoicely, Eversign, really kind of goes on and on. And we're going to talk about this portfolio of companies that Reinhold works with as a chief financial officer and what the needs are today for these kind of fast growing companies. But before we get there, Reinhold, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career today. Yes. Oh, you already know. My name is Reinhold and I'm the CFO of several uh, startups. Uh, so you already mentioned uh, I'm uh, I'm the CFO of Eversign, Invoicely, and Zerocell. These are SaaS products, software as a service products, and also LimeWire. And LimeWire is an uh, NFT, non-fungible token marketplace. And I'm working in the startup branch since a little bit more than one year. Before I worked in, I would say, in the old economic sector. And so I have a good overview of, of both businesses. And I also, <coughs> they are also in the old economic sector. I sold one company and we are also selling now one, one of our products. And so <coughs> it's really nice to see both sides. And also you, you, I, I'm getting an overview of the valuation of each company. So <coughs> this, this, are also my strengths. And yeah, this are, I've done this since 10 years, the last yeah. 10 years. And honestly, Reinhold, when I look at your background, I mean, everything from working at some of the big firms like KPMG, and now you find yourself really driving the operations out of the financial side for these startups. Tell me a little bit of how you do that and what the structures are and really some of the best practices that you find for setting up the financial side of fast moving digital businesses. Yeah, uh, it's very important uh, as a CFO that at first you get the funding. Uh, in our uh, companies, uh, we this year we made a token sale, we received 10 million uh, US dollar. So the funding, it's very important and therefore you need uh, good, very good connections. Otherwise, it's really hard uh, to get, uh, to get uh, money from investors. And the second part is you, you need to have a good name and a good product. Without a product, good product, you won't get any funding. Mm -hmm. uh, we have with Limeware, we have a good product and also a good reputation. And yeah, that's why we uh, received the funding of really big investors like Kraken Ventures. Uh, and with our other SaaS products, like I, I told you, Eversign or Invoicely, it's different. 
because for this product, if you are owner or also CFO, it's very important that from the start on you are cash positive because you need to grow. This is a really, the, the business needs to grow very quick because if you need uh, money from, from investors, you're wasting time because uh, the admin stuff needs to be really small. So we only have, I would say two employees, two admin employees. The others are only developers and sales guys. So it's very important to keep the admin stuff really low. Otherwise uh, your, your startup won't be profitable. And if it's not profitable, uh, then you need external investors. And it's better if you need external investors, then you need to, to have a growth rate of more than 100%. And you need an MRR, for example, of maybe half a million. Otherwise, uh, you give uh, too cheap your shares to investors. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about the differences of the types of businesses. And we find ourselves now entering a kind of a challenging economic environment globally with a lot of people dealing with the reality of high inflation levels and perhaps weaker economies. And maybe even the recession is something that they talk a lot about right now. And so when you're with that type of world and you have all these emerging companies, what are you advising these folks about? I mean, how are you telling them to prepare for the current landscape? Um, It depends on the business. For example, if you have a a SaaS product, which is going good, then for example, also our our companies, uh, the SaaS companies do not have any problems and we do not see any recession because uh, still also if people want to save money, they need online products because with our online with online products, you can save time and money. Mm-hmm. But it's very different, for example, with our Linebear company because also in FD market, we mm-hmm. he, on here we see the recession. And if you are in a recession like now and in inflation, you really need to save the money. You need mm-hmm. the safe the money that it lasts minimum we expect that the recession inflation will be minimum 24 months therefore hopefully you already um, have made a funding and you have mm-hmm. now enough money that it lasts minimum 24 months and i only can advise uh, not to spend too much on marketing because at the moment for such companies it's useless it's better to invest in the product, to improve your product, that then maybe in 12 months or 24 months when the recession is over, that you are ready, uh, that your product can grow quickly. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I know many marketers that would probably debate you on that, but I hear what you're saying on product and you've had so much success. I think that it's clearly good advice for folks. So be thoughtful on how you're spending, manage the cash flow as effectively as possible. Think about maybe a 24 month horizon. I think that's probably accurate to consider that. But it's been interesting. Many of the companies that right now you're operating on as the chief financial officer of really kicked off and really got you involved during the pandemic. And so just be curious to get a sense of what your experience was during the pandemic with some of these companies. Yeah, well, with our companies, 
uh, the, the pandemic was really good for us because people stayed at home, they worked from home. And for example, one of our, our products is online signature. So it was easier for the people to sign from home with the online signature than because they were not in the office. Therefore, the pandem pandemic for a lot of startups, uh, it was good because the growth rate was more than 100%. And now the pandemic is a little, little bit over. You see that the growth rate is more or less declining. Mm. But I know it's not, it was not uh, with every startup because there are also some startups uh, which went bankruptcy. But I think... Uh, startups with a good product they also uh, got fundings during the pandemic uh, only the weak startups went bankruptcy mm -hmm. you know you talked about some of the metrics the key metrics that you track you know you talked about monthly recurring revenue yeah. give me a sense of what kind of margins you're trying to operate your businesses with your ebitda type of yeah. margins our margins, especially for SaaS products, you should have 80%. We, we, we have 80% and a little bit more. It depends uh, how much money we spend on marketing. But if, you're a SaaS, if you have a scalable SaaS product, like our products are, uh, you do not need more employees, maybe developers, but it's a scalable platform. So normally every year, your margin, margin should be higher. And uh, if it's 80%, it's nice, uh, but normally it should be in a few years, 85 or 90. And the most important thing for startups is the margin and that then you are automatically cash positive. Right. That's, That's amazing. I mean, 85 to 90%. It's amazing. I think every company can aspire to that. And certainly a challenge when you think about some larger industries that operate at much, much lower. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I yeah. told you my, in my former uh, business, uh, we had a margin of two or 3%. But that's that's very different. If you're have a the online, scale play though, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. If you have a SaaS product and if it's scalable, then it's easy to get fifty a margin of fifty percent or more. So you know, when you look forward in the space with the companies that you guys are operating, as well as just the landscape for startups and SaaS products, what do you think the next eighteen months are going to be like? Uh, I think now you you already mentioned that we're in a recession, but there's a lot of, of, of capital around the world. Uh, a lot of investors do not know where they should spend their money because you see, if you put your money on the bank, you have a high inflation, so it's getting less. And if you have a good product, and it's, I think also at the moment, it's easy to get money on a high valuation. Only therefore you need to have a good product also, if I compare our SaaS products for the eight, next 80 months, I don't think that we would see any recession. More or less, our growth rate is still the same. And therefore, I think at the moment, it's also uh, a, good, a good point. If you want uh, to found a startup, it's a very good point because a lot of other startups are uh, firing employees. So there are enough employees uh, you can hire. And good yeah. employees. Therefore, I think it's a very, very good uh, time, really, 
to found a company and to start your own business. Yeah, well, that's great advice. And certainly, Reinhold, you work with enough of them that people should listen to your thoughts. You know, I often feel that the critical part of a startup is to get that model right, the commercial model right, and the financial model right. It provides a level of discipline and structure for these companies as they scale. It's been great talking to you today. We've been speaking with Reinhold Lackner. He is the CFO to really a portfolio of SaaS and digital startup businesses from the well-known LimeWire, which is playing in the digital collectible space, to companies that are playing critical roles like Invoicely, Zero, SSL, and others. We've been talking about some of the opportunities for companies, but also some of the things that people need to keep in mind as we enter this new business landscape, this new economic and financial landscape. Reinhold, if someone wanted to speak with you and learn more about what you do and some of the businesses that you're driving, you know, where's the best place to get in touch with you? The best place to get in touch with me is via LinkedIn uh, because I'm nearly 24 hours online. And so write me via LinkedIn and I will write you back. And then uh, if there are interesting topics, we can quickly jump on a call. Excellent. Well, listen, everybody out there that wants to learn how to get up to 85% margins. This is the guy to talk to. Reinhold, thank you so much for being on on Cage Day and we look forward to having you back. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the interview. Cheers. even in the B2B space. I think what hasn't happened yet is the type of real cloud data enterprise management, um, the, the, the Databricks snowflake effect, if you will, um, for these countries. And that's where we're, we're trying to get in and, and build some of these data relationships, but the data itself uh, needs to be acquired in a slightly different way than in a place like the US. Yeah, I completely see that. And it, it also sounds like uh, perhaps uh, if Amazon has some real competitors in the future, they're going to probably emerge from some of these fast-growing markets uh, as they as they build up their approach and then can can go out and compete in a, a global perspective, which would be really oh. exciting. Yeah, I mean already right, uh, Alibaba already right. And- yeah, Alibaba already absolutely. <laughs> so Max, I mean, I really love what you guys are working on, and certainly I can see the the use of data, the way you're collecting the data in a, a really exciting way will get you large data deposits quickly and accurately. And it sounds also that you're working on some other things as well. I think, you know, we've spoken a little bit about the blockchain space. Um, what are your plans for your business in the future? And, and how do you think things are going to progress over the next couple of years in the markets? Well, I'll take the second part first. Yeah. Uh, went into Pakistan. I had a flight booked to Jakarta, to be honest, and they closed the country uh, again for COVID reasons, um, for, to close the country to foreigners uh, right after Christmas last year. So I went off to Pakistan and Pakistan consulate in Hong Kong knew me pretty well. And 
I told them what I wanted to do and they said, all right, uh, if you really want to, brave guy, it's, we're, we'll, we'll give you a visa. So I went out to, to Pakistan around that time. And I thought maybe this is a bit early of a concept mm. uh, for supply, retail supply chain in Pakistan. You know, is, is, is Pakistan really ready for artificial intelligence? And I know a handful of companies that are taking a different approach to us, but they are basically doing the same thing. So it, it, is, it is happening. And driven perhaps by, by COVID, but other factors, uh, digital commerce is, is just accelerating very, very quickly. So the whole supply chain from manufacturer to third-party logistics, to brand, to distributor, to even the smallest retailers is going digital. Mm -hmm. And that is going happening faster than even I thought. And that digitalization is going to drive a lot of disruption. So the legacy companies that are distributing the product based upon the flow of the kind of the push model that everybody has had um, for decades, if not, centuries, uh, that is going to be replaced by new demand driven models. And, and those that can really come in and understand risk intelligently and finance uh, with the right insights mm -hmm. will uh, really have multi-trillion dollar retail supply chains that they can move liquidity into and, and earn, uh, earn, earn value from. So, so mm -hmm. that's really what's happening is you kind of saw it. And it, sounds, it sounds like you were even surprised at how quickly it's been happening. Yeah. And I've been speaking to a lot of some similar companies recently and really impressed. And, and the money's coming in, not from just Pakistani VCs or Middle East VCs, but US-based VCs with very limited Pakistani connections. You know, funds like Antler are, and, and Wavemaker in Singapore are, are, are funding a lot of these companies in, in, their, in their second round. So it, it's really changing changing quickly. And so I think it will be almost unrecognizable in, in a few years. I really think it's changing that fast. And so that's that's one thing. But what we want to do is we still see that these are aggregated. The data is managed in, in chains. Mm -hmm. So it's managed through a, a B2B e-commerce provider into the stores that they serve for the SKUs and products that they have in their network. And nobody's really covering it across brands, across products, across everything. And, and that I believe is a, a just a tremendous opportunity. So, so we are launching really the biggest supply chain data acquisition initiative in the history of Asia. And wow. we're doing this through a tokenization micro incentive scheme. And I think this is going to drive a lot of economic value for us as a company and our customers. Mm -hmm. But I actually truly believe, and I've seen the, the beginnings of this, I actually truly believe we're actually going to have a real positive impact on the lives of literally tens of millions of people. And, and ultimately, the supply chains will be better for, for a billion. But I think I'm talking about direct impact. And I'm yeah. talking about m m money money in the wallet. Yeah, money yeah. on the day, So, which yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Max, thank you so much for talking to us about what Liberatrade is up to. I must admit, hearing that you were headed off to places like Pakistan during 
during COVID is just impressive. You are, uh, you certainly are a pioneer in this space and excited to see what Levera Trade does over the next couple of years. Um, if someone wanted to reach you and learn more about what you're up to, uh, where should they find you? Uh, just on uh, on email, it's, uh, you know, max.ward, W-A-R-D, at liberatrade.ai, or uh, just click the contact on our website and you'll find a way to reach me there. Excellent. Great. Well, we've been speaking with Max Ward. He's the chief executive officer of Liberatrade, which is a very innovative company providing AI solutions for logistics and supply chain businesses in emerging markets by accumulating data from small and medium enterprises, thereby helping them to predict demand, grow sales, and minimize waste. Um, he is working on some very, very exciting stuff in the Asia-Pacific market specifically, and we're excited to read more about what Trade is up to in the near future. So, Max, thank you so much for being on Uncaged. Great. Really appreciate the opportunity. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.